Welcome to Oscar Sunday. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Izagari. And why'd you spill your beans? Today, we're going to be talking about The Lighthouse from 2019. It was nominated for one Oscar at the 92nd Academy Awards, Best Cinematography. Uh, we have a special guest with us here today. It's his first time on Oscar Sunday. It's my brother, Jeremy Johnson. How are you doing? Whoa, doing fine. Yeah, and uh, The Lighthouse is a movie Connor and I saw together, but, uh, you know, 2019. We saw it together at theater, in the theater, I believe, uh, Embassy. Is that right? That's right. Uh great theater love that place santicos is is the shit and uh jeremy where did you see this movie and uh was it was it in theaters right you saw it yeah i saw it in theaters yeah uh and yeah the year came out 2019 uh um some theater in in minneapolis you know i live in the twin cities uh a theater i don't normally go to it was between me and my girlfriend saw it together it was between the lighthouse and some other movie and i can't i was actually looking at other movies that came out around that time trying to figure out what it could be but uh i yeah i'm glad it was the lighthouse though that was definitely a rad movie to see in the theater uh it just had had you know i had my eyes just like bugging the whole time uh it, it just confused but you know just kind of kind of losing my shit for the whole you know second and third act uh a lot, lot to take in. So yeah, I'm glad I saw that in the theater. But, yeah, the, so so the same way y'all did. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And uh, how about Eggers? You know, he has his new movie out, uh, The Northman. You can see that in theaters uh, as we speak. Uh, but his first movie, The Witch, it's also a movie I, I got to see in theaters. How about you guys? That's a movie yeah. I love. Yeah, The Witch. I uh, I was working at Draft House at the time, so I got free tickets. So I was like, I'm seeing everything. And uh, it was right before Caleb was going on deployment for the first time. So I was about to lose him. So we decided to make a weekend out of it. And we saw The Witch and immediately afterwards saw Deadpool as a palate cleanser. Because <laughs> The Witch is a wild, frightening mind fuck of a movie that just you needed. Like, I needed to know everything was OK afterwards. Yeah. And Deadpool is a good way to, yeah. to kind of get back on your feet. Yeah. But this guy, Eggers, has such a hell of a vision. He's just two films in. Well, and now The Northman, which I'm, as we're like, as this comes out, I'll have already seen. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah, He's just. Looks yeah. red. Oh, God. This guy's. Or uh, Willem Dafoe coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's got people. He's already, you know, three films in, he's already got <laughs> yeah. his people. He's got Defoe, he's got Anya Taylor-Joy, he's got Ralph Innocent. Like, these are his guys. And that's amazing. Uh, I yeah. can't wait to see what this guy does next. I mean, these are his first, this is his triple crown, his debut, these three movies. Holy shit, what is he going to do when he's, like, old? <laughs> yeah. And has become, yeah, he's become kind of a master if he's not already. And, and clearly has a connection with A24, right? You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's found his studio. He's found his distrib distributor and it's working really well. Uh, yeah. The Northman, as we're recording, uh, I won't have seen it yet. Uh, this is, we're recording on a Thursday night. So the film's not quite, you know, out yet in, uh, in the world, but uh, I, I will, I will see it. You know, it's one of those that I've had circled for a long time. Cause it just looks like it's going to kick ass, but uh I wanted to, you know, do something kind of fun here. If, if Eggers had a, you know, longer resume, I'm sure we would do some kind of, you know, draft or top five of some sort with, with his filmography. But, you know, it's just three films. I, I, I would hope in, you know, 10 to 15 years, we can do a huge spotlight on his entire career, similar to what we've done with a lot of other, other directors. But I think we all have a uh, mutual love and respect for Mr. Willem Dafoe. 
plays plays Thomas Wake in Lighthouse. Incredible performance. Really should have been up for either supporting actor or best actor, depending on how you look at it. So I, I want to do a top five with with his his performances, his roles. He's got a shit ton of them. He's obviously been on this kind of crazy run over the 2010s to now, where he's kind of become, I think, one of the best actors around. And I think he has that has that respect from everybody. He's a he's a as far as current working actors go, I think he's a he's a goat contender, man. Yeah. 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 That's for I sure. agree. I agree. And he's not just this fucking, you know, paycheck guy who's gonna take these huge massive roles. He'll kind of do anything. He'll he'll do he'll do war movies, he'll do weird, you know, superhero comic book genre movies, whatever, and shit like the lighthouse so yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with my top five he just, he just crushes it and everything too, yeah, yeah there are some actors that i love that i see him in something that's shitty and i'm like well this movie's shitty and like everything about it including the performance of the actor i like but like i mean i've seen movies with willem dafoe that i thought at the end was like this was garbage but dafoe was fucking rad yeah he's always on point even like whatever he has to work with, he's going to make it work at least within himself, you know? Exactly. He's yeah. He's, he's a, well, one, one of the greatest character actors of all time, I'd say. So uh, he was born in the fifties uh, in Wisconsin and somehow got out of there and has become who he is today. Uh, he has, he has four Oscar nominations, uh, best supporting actor for platoon 1986. That's a best picture winner. Pretty good movie. Uh, he's best supporting actor as well. Shout of the vampire 2000. Uh, the Florida Project, 2017, also supporting actor. And then at Eternity's Gate is his first uh, lead actor uh, nomination. So, he's, you know, four is pretty good. That's not not a lot of people do that. And not a lot of guys like Willem who are challenging themselves all the time. So uh, I think we should go Connor first, Jeremy second, me last. Uh, so, Connor, take it away with your number five. Okay. This was tough. There were, there were some... Uh... Defoe performances and some legendary ones I wanted to see before we did this, but I just, I've been so swamped with school lately. I didn't have time to watch platoon or the Florida project. So regrettably, I don't know on those two. Um, my number five is Jopling from the grand Budapest hotel. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. The little like hitman gopher guy for Adrian yeah, Brody's what character. What the hell is he supposed to be? In that? <laughs> he throws Goldblum's cat out the fucking window and then he yeah. like, walks away. He's so weird and scary at the same time. Uh, but he just fits. And it's, of course, Defoe would also just like seamlessly mold himself into Wes Anderson's ensemble. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. He's just that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And the character of Jopling is so crucial to the plot. I, He's one of my favorite moments is when Rafe, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Tony Rivalori pushes him off the cliff and Rafe finds is like, fuck, you got him. It's, <laughs> he's, he's one of my favorite guys in the movie um, and a good place to start, I thought. For sure. No, we did that movie. Was that your pick for, no, I'm sure Rafe, Rafe Fiennes was your pick. It was, for- I think it was. Yeah, no one's beaten Rafe in that movie. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the. Uh- lights out performance but yeah yeah defoe is great in that and yeah i think it's good i don't have any of his wes anderson roles on my on my list so i think it's cool that one of us does because he is a big part of his filmography and kind of does anything he says what else is he in life aquatic oh Uh, yeah i forgot i forgot about that one of the voices of mr fox he's in the french dispatch yeah he's in like four or five yeah so he's he's a mainstay for sure he's he's not fucking owen wilson you know but but he's 
He's he's in about that, half. The one I remember really well is definitely uh, Budapest. Yeah, that's the best pick. He, 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 does he like not speak in that movie? I, I it's been a minute. Does he I just kind of always has that creepy smile and the the sharp teeth the whole movie? Is that <laughs> am I thinking of the right thing here? I think there's a couple lines where he's like asking somebody for information very quietly, yes. but yeah, it's yeah. very like subtle performance. Right on. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Yeah, that's a good pick, Connor. I, I was wondering if you you would have uh you have that because I, I it didn't find its way on mine, but I'm glad I'm glad Wes Anderson's represented. Uh, Jeremy, you're number five. Okay, the uh my one through four was like pretty locked in. Uh, five, I kind of thought about it a little bit, so I did one. I did a couple of rewatches, and so I landed on uh uh. His character, Special Agent Alan Ward from uh, Mississippi Burning. Nice. And then in 1988, there's a nice movie about the uh, KKK murdering these uh, three civil rights activists. And he plays the CIA special agent. Uh, or no, FBI? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah FBI? It is. It is. Yeah. yeah okay. It is. So he, okay. He plays, the, he plays the Fed, right? He plays the government guy that goes down to Mississippi. Uh, and it's it's a cool role for him because he's he's kind of that classic uh, that classic government man who's like full of himself. He's young. He's he's like he's the lead on the case, and he's kind of he's he's fucking up a little like left and right. It's cool to see him in a role like that. But he all his moral compass like points north the whole time. Uh, I mean, I could go on for a while about things I do and do not like about that movie, but but yeah, I love I love seeing Willem Dafoe in that, especially because you know. Uh, a certain other movie from the 2000s being the first time I saw him. So seeing him, <laughs> this was a, this was one I saw early on. Uh, seeing him in this light, younger, just you know, I mean, looking looking way different, acting way different. You know, he doesn't have the grit in his voice. Uh, yeah, so it's it, it's not one of his best performances, I think. But I love watching him in this specific role. So yeah, Mississippi Burning, Alan Ward. Number five. I'm, I'm I like good. that. I like that. That's a good pick. Great movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Gene, Hack, Gene Hacker, man. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's one that I've talked about multiple times on Oscar Sunday where I'm like, I need to get to that movie. I need to get to that movie. I finally did maybe a few months ago. And Jesus, yeah. Wild Watch. I would love to bring it up on this show at some point. Um, yeah, him and Gene Hackman. Uh, oh, that's a dream. Fun to watch. That's a dream. And yeah. Francis McDormand. Yeah. You don't, you, don't yeah. See, you don't see her a lot. That's like Fran, that. That's Fran's yeah. uh, first uh, nomination. Durif. Uh, uh, Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stephen oh, Tomalowski. We and, love uh, Brad Dourif over here. <laughs> uh, who, who's the, What's the guy? What's the guy that plays Merle in Walking Dead? Uh, Michael Rooker. Rooker, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we we'll move on. Good watch. shit. Yeah. Great, great cast. Oh. Watch, watch it one day, everybody. I bought that at a flea market, uh, and I'm saving it because I know at some point it's going to end up as an Oscar Sunday episode. And there's a whole bunch of movies I have that I'm waiting for <laughs> first reactions on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love uh, Connor will send me uh, like pictures of movies he's bought at whatever, you know, half price or flea market, wherever it is. And it's like, just in case, <laughs> just in case. That's, that's definitely a flea market buy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick. Uh, I don't think either of you guys will have this one on your, on your top five. Uh, this is actually a, an animated movie. Uh, he does the, he does the voice of Gil and finding Nemo. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is my favorite character from the movie. I'm obsessed with Gil. Uh, it's definitely 
you know, of course, there's there, Jeremy just kind of alluded to a, a film from a recent era, uh, you know, in the, the 2000s, same as Finding Nemo, uh, that I, I think will get brought up at some point. Uh, yeah. But but I think when I watched Finding Nemo as a kid, how much can we reference? Yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> before saying it, yeah, uh, I think Finding Nemo when I when, you know I saw that in theaters, it was like. Um, I fell in love with all these characters and all these different voices and, but his was the most kind of daunting and I could tell it was going to be something that would stick with me for a long time, you know, even, even as a kid. And, and I love him, you know, I love that movie. I love how much more of an impact it has on me now that I have a, have my own child. And so it's just kind of like this fucking dark ass thriller. Did you say the name of the movie? Finding Nemo. Well, yeah, I agree. I, I did. Yeah. About, I don't know. Gil from Finding Nemo. Yeah. But Gil, Gil is like this, you know he's the supporting character he's not really like in it that much but his 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 scenes his lines are crucial to nemo kind of gathering gathering himself and finding his way as his own fish you know oh, and, and so he's he's big time i also love you know nigel from that movie it's a, it's a great 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 character all Turtle. those no that's the the pelican oh yeah yeah just go to swim yeah just go to swim it's got to eat it's got to eat uh I, yeah but gill there's some, something about the, you know, the scar that he has, you know, he's got this past. I'd love to see a prequel about Gil. He's, he's, he's the fucking man. <laughs> finding, finding Gil. Uh, yeah. Finding Gil 2024. I also love this scene uh, when they all escape and they're in those fucking, you know, uh, the little bags with the water and they're in the ocean and, and Bloat's like, ha ha ha. And Gil says, we made it. And the Bloat goes, now what? Because <laughs> they're just in water, in the ocean. They, yeah. Well, obviously Bloat inflates. And uses his spines to, to yeah break the other that's what, I, that's what I that's what I always like. You guys can figure it out. You figure out how to get a fucking you know tank, so you can figure this. Took them a while because they're still in the fucking bags and finding Dory. Yeah, right. they're a little thing at the end of the movie where they're just like or somewhere. I don't remember. I I, I don't remember too much of Finding Dory, but I do remember that <laughs> that they're still in those those goddamn bags. Well. I, I think Finding Dory's yeah, it's it's obviously not as good as Finding Nemo. It's okay, but it does have that great Idris Elba uh, vocal performance where he's I do not remember that. He's movie. like a sea lion, or and he keeps getting angry at this other sea lion that doesn't talk at all. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Get off my rock! Yeah. I remember that. That's a good bit. But yeah, Finding Nemo, love that movie, love Gil. I, he has to be here. I knew that was going to be on your list, one hundred percent. So yeah, I'm glad yeah, that's, that was that's... Uh, that was a contender for my five at one yeah. point. All drains lead to the ocean, kid. It's so awesome. Anyways, uh, back to Connor with his number four. Uh, my number four uh, goes back to the 80s, um, to the film yeah. Born on the Fourth of July. Ooh. Where he plays nice. Charlie, uh, Ron Kovic's friend, who is also paralyzed and not handling it well. Uh, he kind of represents, you know, the road that Ron Kovic's about to go down. And they just kind of go on a bender. And I think it was Mexico. It's been a minute since I watched Born on the Fourth of July, but I yeah, remember that's right. That. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, he just is so off his fucking rocker. And it's such a great early performance from him. Uh, he's upstaging Tom Cruise in like the prime of his career. Yep. And uh, it's just such a solid film. And uh, I I love him in it. It's 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 a brief performance, but he really owns it in the the bit he's in. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a precursor to a lot that we're gonna see with Defoe, what he's capable of upstaging bigger performers in bigger you know roles but you still can't take your eyes away from defoe that's a great pick uh, of course will be an episode one day on here that's an awesome movie love i, I really like 1989 just as a you know weird oscars that's of course came out. 
Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that. It's a weird Oscars, but it's also got some amazing movies from that particular uh, year. So, yeah, that'll show up one day for sure. Maybe if we catch an uh, episode on the 4th of July, we could we yeah. can do that. Uh, Jeremy, you're number four. Uh, 1986. Platoon. Yeah. Sergeant Elias. <laughs> I knew it. Um, yeah, I, I fucking love... Uh, I... I I don't want to just keep, re- you know, I'm not, I'm just going to skip that thing that I was going to say, but uh, <laughs> no, I, so, I mean, Sergeant Lyon, I mean, it's, you got, you got, you got Tom Berenger and you got Willem Dafoe playing these two. Well, Tom Berenger is actually like the ranking uh, staff sergeant and then Elias is the sergeant. And the, the movie is just them kind of butting heads the whole time with these two kind of ideals of like how to operate in Vietnam. Uh, and Elias is, you know, this golden God of a human being, like, he cares about the new recruits. He wants to do the, what's best for everyone. He war hasn't war has changed him, of course, but like it hasn't taken his humanity yet. So we just get to see this. We get to see this person who is though in this this horrible circumstance, like everyone else, wondering why he's there. He makes the most of it and spends his time trying to make sure that he can keep all these people with him alive, but then also just retain their humanity. Uh, and also, you know, there's a great scene where, you know, let's see, I wrote, I wrote what was it, the, uh, the scene, you know, where he, uh, Charlie Sheen's character, right, the main character, uh, Taylor, you know, he he gets invited by uh, Keith David's character, and a hell of a cast on this movie, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really fun cast, uh, but uh, he gets invited by Keith David's character, who really, I think, is my, like, after, uh, after Defoe and Barringer. Is probably my favorite performance in this movie, even though he's got like, you know, I don't know, like three or four lines, maybe. But uh, he gets invited to hang out with the, the pot smokers, you know, like the he, gets a, he hangs out with the druggies. You know, there's a scene where Willem Dafoe like racks the shotgun and just points in Taylor's face, you know, and he's like, he's like, put your mouth on this. You know? yeah. <laughs> then he just blows the blows. the He takes a hit off the pipe and blows it into the shotgun. And Taylor takes a rip off the, this shotgun barrel. Oh, it's a brilliant fucking scene. Uh, uh, yeah, I got. Yeah, I had to. This this one was uh, gonna. I mean, probably was probably number one at one point in my life. Uh, uh, yeah. Over the years, the more I mean, I've seen this movie. Probably seen this movie like somewhere in the ten to fifteen times range. Uh, there's things that start to bother you a little bit more about it, but uh, yeah, one thing that does not change: Berenger <laughs> and Defoe uh, on point. Uh, I love I love their back and forth. At one point in the end of the movie, Taylor says, you know, that he was uh, born of two fathers. I don't want to give too much of the movie away, but these two fathers being, uh, uh, what's his name? Barnes. Barnes and Elias. Barnes uh, is Barringer's character. You know, uh, that he was born of these two ideals, this like vicious character in Barnes and then this this like beacon of hope in Elias. Uh, yeah. One, one of my, one of my favorites of his. Hell yeah. That's yeah. uh that's the second Oliver Stone movie that's been, been mentioned uh, born on the 4th of July and platoon. So clearly, you know, Defoe uh, something there in the late eighties. Ah, so he has, a, he has a lot of directors that just like ride with him. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Cause like, why not? Why the fuck not? You know, it's like, he's, he's just, he's just fucking awesome. I think, I think he's probably really refreshing too. you know, Defoe, like, Everything you hear about him and all the interviews you, you, you see, see him in, he seems like the coolest dude ever. And he seems like the 
that cool uncle we always yeah, we I had. Mean, because he works with all these high profile directors, that's definitely what I would guess is that yeah, probably just a really cool, easy to work with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a good pick. I figured that would come up. I know that's a movie you've you've watched a bunch. Uh, that's the best picture winner. A lot, so a lot, it'll, a lot of times. Yeah, it'll, it'll be here one day. And, uh, I'm excited for Connor to see it. I think he'll dig it quite a bit. Um, it's I'm, a, I'm with you. I, I think it does have things that don't age, you know, yeah. super well. But it's still a, still a good movie. It's that famous scene where he's, you know, spread eagle, yeah. the helicopters and all yeah. the police after. And, you know, he's like, you know, shaking <laughs> or he's like writhing around. And it's like, what? Like, nothing's even hitting you. Man. Like, <laughs> so when you, get, when you get caught up in things like that, uh, I mean, you just kind of, I think, you either just get sucked into the world of movies presenting you and just like love it for what it is, or, you know, you just, you constantly are just like, what is this? Ah, <laughs> this is not realistic. Like, but it's, it's not really happening. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Sergeant Lyons, number four. Awesome. It's, a, it's a straight up oh, crime that platoon has eluded me this long. I really need to just sit down and watch. I know I'm going to, I'm going to dig yeah, it. That, I, uh, j- just from, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've been, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be much or spoken to you much, Connor, but I've just heard, listened to you talk on the show so much. <laughs> I assumed you would at least like Platoon, if not have it in your five. That is, it, it's surprising that you haven't seen that. Uh, not, yeah. not to, not to be, you know, not to throw shade. It's up, it's up, Connor. No, it's, I throw shade at myself. There's no excuse alley, yeah. for. Like, I should have seen that by now. It's absolutely, yeah. You're, like, you're, not, you're, not, you're not forgiving yourself for it. <laughs> No, of course. Not. There's a handful of movies where I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're wasting your time. Why aren't you watching these movies?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, well, guys, I think uh, the, the time has come. My number four is, uh, I think, the only role. Well, I think there might be two. It's one of the roles we're all gonna have. Uh, it's it's fucking Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, Spider Man. Uh, I mean, yeah. Come on, Godspeed, Spider Man. <laughs> Uh, sleep. Uh, he's he's he's, he's 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 fucking unreal in that movie. Uh, of course he came back for for the the recent one that was just in uh came out in December. Uh, no way home. Great stuff. I thought he was amazing in that. But there there nothing matches the 2002. It's peak Defoe. This is when he's just at that perfect age. He's like 60 years old. Just kind of. Perfect timing, you know, perfect timing for something like this. 60? No, he's like 50. My bad. Yeah. He was uh, born in 50. 80 now. There's no way. Yeah, he's born in 55. So he was 47. 47. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's what I guess. I'll take it. Mid, mid late 40. I got, I got my years mixed up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the numbers. Yeah. You know, Defoe. He's been around for a long time. This uh, is my first. That's my first Defoe movie. Yeah. We got that and Finding Nemo. I mean, that's those, those are back to back years. And, you know, the guy's just. A rock star from there on out. Uh, I mean, what 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 can you say about Green Goblin other than being probably the best live action? You said it shows up on both of our things. I bet it shows up on both of y'all's. Uh, yeah, there's no way. Do we just get it all the talk? No, 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 or... no. We'll we'll get to it. I'll, right. I'll be I'll be brief because I, I don't know where it is on y'all's. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but yeah, I think he's the best live action uh, villain in a in a comic book movie, probably ever. And uh, for for me, uh, no one really gets it the way he does. No one's as committed as he is. And if someone is, is is committed, like a Heath Ledger in, in Dark Knight, it's just kind of, it's not as, like, silly as Norman Osborn. You know, it's not as, like, understanding it's of, like, comic booky. Yeah, so. it's not as, like, you know, slapstick and wacky as what, you know, Willem Dafoe is doing as Norman. Uh, I mean, I, I love his stuff as Norman equally to when he's the Green Goblin, you know, when he's playing Norman and he's like, uh, I'm something of a scientist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. he's just been mean uh, into, into oblivion. Like, now. I loved your paper on that. You read that, huh, Peter? You know, he's yeah, that stuff is really good. Or the the like dinner scene, the Thanksgiving this dinner is scene is amazing. Traffic, traffic was murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enjoy the fruitcake. <laughs> what is it? What does he say? Enjoy the fruitcake. <laughs> As he's leaving. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, he's amazing. And all, all the stuff where he's kind of dealing with this kind of existential, like, holy shit, am I losing my mind? Is there, do I have multiple personalities? And he's staring into the mirror. Like, that's fucking amazing acting inside yeah. of a Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Yeah, so yeah. I, 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 it, it's always going to be in my top five. There's not really any way you can budget out. He's, he's fucking amazing in that movie. <laughs> You've taken your eye off the ball. All right. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shit, I, the shit evil Norman tells good Norman that is, is yeah. I mean, equally hilarious as as it is just really cool. How could we forget the best line of the whole movie? Back to formula. Oh, he's he's I literally. This I <laughs> you know how much I sacrificed. <laughs> it's perfect. I got more later, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I've got right. more too. Good. Yeah. All right. So that's my number four, Connor. We're on to your number three. This is great. Ah, uh, my number three is a film I didn't particularly enjoy that much, but he is absolutely lights out. Shadow of the Vampire. Ooh. Uh, okay. Nice. nice. It's a weird idea. It's the the uh, the filming of 1922's Nosferatu under the impression that the actor Max Shrek is actually a vampire. Mm. And Defoe plays Max Shrek, who like Nosferatu, it's not makeup. That's really what he looks like. And the director, F.W. Murnau, played by John Malkovich, has to convince the rest of the cast that this is just makeup. He's not really going to kill you. But uh, he starts picking away the cast and crew. And... Uh, it turns into a really goofy movie. It's not particularly memorable, but he is unreal. He really commits to this crazy ass vampiric form and just like the way he moves and the way he looks at people. It's so unnerving. I think it, it either won or was up for makeup as well. Uh, and it's just, it's a very uh, freaky performance from Defoe. If anyone's going to play an undead monstrous vampire where you don't have to really do much with the face, it's full of Defoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of built in for him. Yeah, so that's yeah. It's one I really want to watch again because it's been a, a few. It's been about eight years, and I want to, I want to do that again as as a film gasm. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually tried to watch that. Uh, there was actually a few I tried to watch just to be like, hey, I'll watch the first watch ones here. Maybe one of them will surprise me. But I could, they were all said they were just unavailable. I just I was trying to rent them on Prime and I couldn't find a way to stream them ah, or you know buy them in time. So that sucks. yeah, that was one of them. And this is John Malkovich, right? Is the mm-hmm. he's Murnau and uh, they have really good chemistry, Defoe and Malkovich. Yeah, I mean, yeah. wait, say that sentence again. Malkovich and Defoe have got, of course they. That's that's such a cool combo of guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not it like it's a surprise. Weird. It's just really cool to see. It's great. Yeah, it's like. Uh, it's a great tandem, those two. That's 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 an interesting pick. I didn't think you'd have that. I I, I don't think we ever really really talked about that movie. Uh, not really. It is it is very very bizarre. Uh, like you said, up for some Oscars, but I think it would be better as a film gas, and it's just kind of up that up that alley. Yeah, I think so. Considering this year is the 100th anniversary of Nosferatu, maybe I'll break that out in the fall. Oh, there you go. That'd be great. So that is the hundred year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real 100 year anniversary. 
Uh, that was your, that was your number three. So Jeremy, oh three, getting down to the nitty gritty here. Oh uh, yeah, I got Bobby from the Florida Project. That's my number three. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think you'd have that. No, I I I, uh, I rewatched. I watched it yesterday, right before I got on the flight here, and uh, I was uh, uh, my girlfriend came home from work a little bit uh, towards the end of the movie, and I was kind of just like, man, this this Willem Dafoe, man, he's so good in this scene, and then and like I was kind of just laughing about just all the little things, you know, like when he just telling the birds to move. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm no foul. He's like, no foul. He's <laughs> joking there somewhere. <laughs> Like just like he's just the perfect combination of like dopey, endearing, like mm. compassionate, like has to be a bit of a hard ass in his in his job, but also just kind of inept, but just all all the while, yeah, just maintaining this this great character in Bobby. And, you know, just the jean shorts, man, and the, yeah. and the pocket shirts tucked in, like with the, it, with the walkie-talkie, like and it, he, he just looks perfect. He takes this movie. he takes these kind of almost as a viewer he takes these like euphoric smoke breaks at the motel wait would you be next yeah okay this so we'll is just, we'll just this movie kicks out, ass this is one of my favorite a24 movies one of my favorite movies of the 2010s uh sean baker's the fucking man he also did tangerine which i might like even more but uh god the movies the movie will rock you you know well I, yeah i mean i kind of forgot like how hard the ending hit me the first time yeah so yeah, I was just kind of laughing and joking about like, oh look, look at this, look look how great Defoe is in this, like blah blah blah. And Alex just like my my girlfriend, you know, just like kind of was not really listening to me. And then then that last scene comes, like you know, you know, I don't want to give away the, the too much of the ending, but it's a gut punch of an ending. Yeah. Oh, uh, I kind of just sat down, and was just got really sad for like ten minutes, just you know, staring at the screen. And it just can kind of rip you rip you back down. But uh, yeah, I mean there. He's a, he's a point of levity, I feel like, for the whole movie. Uh, yeah, we need him. Yeah, which, which is you know, I don't. It's not. It's not always what he's doing on screen, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like the the scene where he confronts like that that the creep, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh like, man, he's like, "Say you're thirsty." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Come on, you want a soda? We'll go get you a soda." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he orders a soda. He's like. Oh. What a choice! <laughs> yeah. I just said you were thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> just rips, knocks the soda out of his hand. Yeah, no, he's he's amazing, and, and he has this. You know, you know, it's floor project is uh, Bobby is the motel manager at a at a budget motel, and uh, it's really close to Disney World. So it's kind of like the film is trying to capture like the shadows of Disney World, right? And like this, yeah. the outskirts of Disney World. There's these other motels where people go to stay that can't quite afford to stay at the resort or whatever so uh it's it's really a great like slice of life uh type 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 movie it's a great look at you know american life in, in the in the southeast for sure just kind of got kind of swampy but it's also got you know these ra these rainbow there's shots of like rainbows that are really pretty and you get you get kind of each generation you have the the little girl mooney you have her mom you have willem dafoe uh, as bobby these people are in completely different stages of life uh, inside of, you know, two hours. It's a very effective movie. And um, I can't wait to do it one day on Oscar Sunday. It's uh, it's one I'm just kind of saving because I, I have so many thoughts, you know? Yeah. That's why I haven't watched it yet. Cause I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you'd have that Jeremy. I didn't know. Uh, yeah. I love it, didn't, didn't know you uh, were big into the Florida project. So, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, uh feel like you know this and then also mississippi burning is just seeing him in something like uh unique for him i guess 
Yeah. He plays a lot of weirdos and like, you know, creepy people and uh, over the top people. This is like, I think it's like, as far as what I've seen, and I haven't seen everything. Actually, when I was trying to trying to go over whatever what all I've seen, looking at his IMDb, and realized there's actually um, he has a, a lot of movies that I've never seen. Um, yeah, Sam. <laughs> yeah, 100, 144 is, credits. All the ones that. I've seen, this is like his most human. Yeah, like someone you know, just someone that would actually exist and yeah. Uh, I think that's that's part of why I love this that Bobby. character so much. Yeah, yeah just Bobby. Yeah. Just Bobby. Just Bobby runs the <laughs> motel. I mean, the you know, it's it's like just perfect the way. Just the, the so the scene when he's when he's like screaming at what's I'm what's the what's the what's like the main character's name? Not the main. Well, not Mooney, but the mom. Yeah, what's the mother's name? Hallie. Haley. 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 When Haley is screaming it's, at him, and he's like. Oh, you got that account of three, you know, because she kind of takes on a father figure role in his yeah. life. Like, yeah. You know, and she's screaming at him, like, you're not my father. And she's like, I'm, I'm going to count to three. And if you don't, get, you know, like, it's just, the, it's the, it's, it's the perfect sweet spot of just like bumbling father, like trying to do his best, like, but also like, he's probably not going to actually follow through on all of his threats. Uh, yeah. And I, th- I think that's, you know, <laughs> the directing and the writing, but I think a lot of it comes straight from Defoe. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Yeah, I got to watch this. Ah, hell yeah, you do. You'll love it. Uh, so that's our number three, both of us. That'd be two. So now, to, now two to Connor. Yeah. My number two is the film we are talking about tonight. Thomas Wake in the Lighthouse. Right on. Yes. Who better to play a salty old sea dog than Willem Dafoe? Uh, just, <laughs> it's perfect. He is the fucking Lighthouse. <laughs> it's like he he's like latched to that place in body and soul and you just feel it the entire movie he's this this weird anchor that just is kind of like our nexus point of the movie like you know Pattinson might be losing his mind but Defoe is right where he's supposed to be mm. and it's just the dialogue the way he delivers every line it's so <laughs> perfect <laughs> parody half commitment and you just buy it like the fact that he wasn't up for this let alone like he should have fucking won for this it's yeah, crazy no, no question i mean so like supporting though is that um, what y'all i mean y'all know more about the oscars than i do is, I don't is know. that what he would have been in for so, so what they did with I, I would say they i don't know i i guess you put them both in support because that's what they did with jewish and the black messiah they put both daniel Fluey and the keith stanfield right, right supporting right, right. That's true. So I, I guess that's what you do because they basically share the movie. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think you know, kicks Joaquin Phoenix's ass that year. So maybe Best Actor would have been, would have been fine. But uh, yeah, I, I, I back that play. <laughs> yeah, I, I back that. But I, I, I also think uh, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio gave his best performance of his career in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I don't know. That's tough. It's tough. That's true. But you know, obviously, I have a lot more to say. Uh, later on but yeah yeah definitely, yeah. definitely sure number two for me okay so that's your number two jeremy what's your number two uh, spider-man <laughs> i can squash you like, like a-, a bug <laughs> <laughs> yeah norman osborne again he's back <laughs> he's back uh yeah the, i mean that i you know it, 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 i think it's very possible that i saw finding nemo before i saw this i don't really know but like you know this uh, finding nemo is also a voice role before yeah. before i think as a kid 
not really knowing, like caring or really giving a shit who was behind, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It was Gil. It's not Willem Dafoe. It's Gil. Like, that's fair. But, uh, that's fair. So this is the first time, yeah, that I, that I think, you know, and, and I, I remember not have. I remember like, like looking on the internet and being like, Willem Dafoe is my favorite actor. Like, but like I hadn't seen anything else he was in. Like, uh, I didn't have heard of any of it. You know, I don't know. I just, I, I thought he was so cool. And I remember there was this joke. I think it was in a loading screen of one of the, like the Spider-Man, like the Activision video game where they like made a play on Willem Dafoe's name being Dafoe. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so awesome. That's so hilarious. Kick ass. I don't know. I fucking love this character. Uh, this is, I think, I mean, I, I maybe not to really think about it, but this like still to me is the reigning king of uh, um, super villain portrayals. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I for me, it's better than anything that came before it. Uh, I have never seen like the '70s Superman movies, um, and I've only seen like clips of like Adam West Batman. I haven't seen any of those like old older DC shows I or mean, like the Hulk show or anything like that. So I can't really speak for any of those, but. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is still my favorite, even after, you know, what solid 14 fucking years of like superhero movies being shoved down our throats, like at every angle, like this is still, this is still my favorite every time I watch it, you know, it, it does everything it needs to be. He's like ruthless. He's entertaining, makes you laugh. Uh, and, and I, I've heard a lot of people say they're not a fan of the mask, like that it would be better if, if, uh, Defoe could just emote without the mask on. Is to vote with to emote without the mask on, but I love the mask. I think he still kills it, like the way he moves his head around, you know, just like spins it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. I love, I love the suit. Yeah. What does he say? He's like, uh, there's something he says at one point. He's like, I've got an appointment. I'm dying to make it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember the exact line. This is this is out of all five on this list uh, for me. This is the only one I didn't rewatch. You don't um, need to. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wish I would have, but. Uh, I just we just are I I definitely just rewatched it. Back I feel in like December. I watched it like like I watch it like every few months. So I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I'll throw Spider Man on. Yeah, whatever. why not? Two thousand two Spider Man is is yeah one of the best. Um. So wait, wait. does you said, you said we all got him right. That's my number two. I mean, is my <laughs> is my number four? Your number two. I think I know where Connor's going next, but uh, first we gotta get through my number two. Um. Yeah. Uh, my number two is a movie I watched uh, it, uh, like a month and a half ago uh, after the Batman came out. Great movie. One of my favorite live action superhero movies ever uh, already, even after seeing it one time. I, I can't wait to buy it and, and watch it more. I think it's out on HBO Max now. So that's cool. Uh, that night, it was it was kind of like my mind was racing. Uh, I was I was I was texting, you know, I was texting you, Jeremy, like, oh, you got to go see this. You're going to fucking love it, you know, and texting some other people i was texting connor all night like oh my god this movie's amazing couldn't go to sleep so i watched a movie called light sleeper with uh you know willem dafoe starring as a drug dealer uh it's a paul schrader film from 1992 i'm huge 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 fan of paul schrader i think he's i think he's a genius uh willem dafoe plays john latour he lives in new york uh is a drug dealer who's clearly been on drugs before and now has kind of turned around to be someone who uses this you know uses this for his for, for his money for 
and, and he's doing big time deals. He's going to these people that are really rich in, in New York city. And uh, he starts kind of having these, these doubts about his life and what he's done with it. And, you know, it's in Paul Schrader, you know, Paul Schrader fashion. And there's a lot of, you know, voiceover of him being like, huh, I wonder if I should drive a cab instead, you know, <laughs> or maybe move, move to a different city. You know, he, he, he has these existential moments of, of wondering who he is. And it's a great character study. And Willem Dafoe, uh, I, I've never seen him play, play this kind of a character. I think we've said that a couple times already. Yeah, but, that does keep showing up. But that, that's, kind of, that's kind of what he does. He, he, like, continually reshapes who we believe him to be. And that's obviously a sign of a great actor. And with Light Sleeper, I fell in love immediately. I loved that he, was, he really carries this movie. He's not a supporting. He's, he is in the movie almost the entire time. And that's rare, you know. Uh, the other, my, you know, Gil and Finding Nemo, the uh, Green Goblin, Bobby and Florida Project, those are more supporting roles, you know. Uh, but in Light Sleeper, I was like, oh, it's really fucking cool to see Defoe as the star of, of this film, and it's cool to see. And Paul Schrader at that time, you know, he's I, I just love the guy so much, and he's doing crazy stuff in the '90s that if it's not for you, it's not for you. But if, if it is, it just kind of hits home. Uh, and of course, he's got one of the greatest screenplays of all time in 1976 with Taxi Driver. Uh, I, I love that dude. And he, I think his masterpiece is just from a few years ago, first reformed. So I've, I've always been a huge fan and light sleeper was one I hadn't seen. So it was good to kind of cross it off. And then I was like, Oh shit, this is one of my favorite things Defoe has ever done, ever done as well. So um, got, it's got to be on here. Right on. Never even heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you guys would both dig it. It's definitely more up my alley than, than you guys, but I think y'all would dig it. Uh, I have seen uh, one Paul Schrader movie and I did not like it at all. And uh, I just kind of assumed, like, oh, maybe he's just a better writer than he is a director. He's definitely a better writer than director, for sure. But, like, I just really don't like his style, maybe. I don't know. But his writing, Jesus Christ, you know. uh, Sometimes it can can carry the movie. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that guy. I think he's one of the, one of those heroes, along with, you know, Scorsese, Francis Ford, George Lucas, Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, from an era that is just so important to American cinema. So, uh Love that guy. I think he needs to be included in that that category. Um, shit, we're on to number ones. What do you got, Connor? As Norman Osborne once said, "Don't ever be ashamed <laughs> of who you are." <laughs> <laughs> no one was was no other performance was top of this list. Uh, Norman Osborne set this like he set the standard for Marvel villains on film going forward. Defoe commits one hundred percent to this movie that if he hadn't committed 100%, would have been goofy and ridiculous and nobody would have watched it again. But because he goes full, like, psycho with this, it works. Uh, just him, his, like, little, you know, soliloquies with himself when yeah. he's talking to the goblin mass and the goblin's talking back to him and he's, like, on his knees, like, don't do it to me again. Like, <laughs> It's perfect. It's so awesome. He's got so many incredible lines. Um, the menace, the music, his theme is so perfect. When when the, when his music started playing in No Way Home, I about lost my fucking mind. I was like, oh, oh he's yeah. back. <laughs> and then so it was cool. just then he proceeds to own the movie again, you know, <laughs> 20 yeah. years later, playing the Green Goblin again and destroying another Spider-Man's life. It's <laughs> well, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Peter. You know, Norman's Peter. on sabbatical. Like, just it's it's amazing. Peter, I was a father to you. I was like a father to you. Be like a son to me. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite lines is when he's like, 
MJ and I are going to have a hell of a time. <laughs> One of my favorite just little digs is in the, um, he's in Harry and uh, Peter's apartment. And he offers Peter a job. And Peter's like, no, thanks, sir. I like to earn what I get. And right in front of his son, he's like, I respect that. (laughs) (laughs) Harry's right over there. He's such a a dick to Harry, man. (laughs) A word to the not-so-wise about your little girlfriend. Do what you need to with her, then broom her fast. Like, Jesus Christ, man. He's, He's magic in these movies. Oh man! I mean, yeah, his his like his villain speech after I what is he, he like you know he will he he I think if I remember correctly he like lures Spider Man in by attacking May and then he no no that's not right How, when does he hit him with the gas when does he go sleep he, he goes after Jameson and Daily Bugle uh, oh yeah. that's yeah. right that's right yeah and then Spider Man hits Jameson and he goes let mommy and daddy talk yeah, yeah. <laughs> Toby and then he has that speech where he's like you know you know what. I can't remember. It's like, you know, people love more than a hero. They want to see him fall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Think about it, hero. (laughs) I don't know what what we could build together. Or we could destroy. (laughs) (laughs) Or or how about when he's uh, in the burning house and he's acting like the old lady? He's like, (laughs) 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 he's like, so (laughs) gullible. Oh, that's oh, a great that's scene as well. Oh, is she saying the, the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. <laughs> God. British Edge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, deliver us. Aunt <laughs> <laughs> May's like 90 years old. Yeah. Meant to keel over. Oh, man. Yeah, May's just kept getting younger, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, so, his Green Goblin in, you know, the new one. You know, you guys know more than I do, but he he essentially become he he has like the hobgoblin suit on, right? Like it's well, kind of like a it's he's like got a the hood. he's got the green goblin. Suit. What? Yeah, what? that was just kind of the original. Yeah, the original like, comics kind of goblin just, suit was yeah. a okay. green yeah. suit with a with purple, the, hood. purple hat. I like that. I thought that was badass. Yeah. That's well, what, that was that's what they, they kind of look. Well, so when he gets the purple hoodie at the shelter, right? Mm-hmm. So they just kind of slowly piecemeal the costume together so that he yeah. just kind of looked more like the original, okay, yeah. the original right. costume. It was for the people who were complaining about, like, he doesn't need the mask. But now we get to yeah. see, like, 20. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I yeah. thought, is that they just they, they were just trying to appeal to that, that part of the audience. 20, well, now, 20 years Now we later. get both yeah. sides. Now we get, like, a masked goblin and a non-masked goblin, and everybody's happy because Defoe fucking kills it in both, it's, uh, both yeah, ways. Yeah. Good it's, in both. Guys. It's Defoe both times. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. Well, Jeremy, you're number one. Lighthouse. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you begin? <laughs> well, I mean, well, we're done then, right? So yeah, we can just do a transition. Let's just fucking unleash the lighthouse stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, Thomas Wake is one of, one of my favorite characters from like the past 10 years. Um, that movie, I remember. You, I remember seeing it with you, Connor. We saw it with my with my buddy Andrew, and I, that was the thing I took away from that first viewing was, oh, what a treat it was to see him work with this screenplay by Eggers. Eggers and his brother, you know, the, the brothers uh, wrote that screenplay together, and uh, it was it was like a match made in heaven for Defoe to get the, get this kind of stuff to say. So uh, I, I I don't think it's ever going to be beat. It's that kind of that kind of role. It's like can't believe it just came out three years ago and like 
Defoe still has that in him to just fucking unleash. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love what he's doing. I love what Pattinson's doing as well, but Defoe, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean the the it seems kind of like Pattinson's like. I mean, there there are a couple of times in this movie where I'm a little bit like his accent kind of. Yeah. Like it's like all right, I, I'm not. I mean, it's like a, it's like an old like archaic accent that's not really a, like necessarily in that exact format around anymore. And I'm not even an accent expert at all. So what the what do I know? But there are times I'm like, well, it sounds like you said start one way in this part of the movie and said start this way in another part of the movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, talking about that um, award, just like trying to pick between the two of them, like. Uh, I mean, they're both on fire, man. Like yeah, yeah. Pattinson, you know, I think Pattinson's going to end up having a similar career to Defoe, though. Uh, probably more leading, leading shit, just because he's, you know, very handsome and tall. He's very yeah, handsome yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and yeah, he's and tall. He's tall, and he's taken on it. it he's taken on a lot of taken on a lot of IP already with Harry Potter, Twilight, now the Batman. Like he's clearly going to put he's his collecting them. Yeah, he's going to put his his feet in both you know both camps. Young uh, Thanos. 2026. 20, <laughs> Robert Pattinson, young Thanos. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Robert that, Pattinson. Uh, that accent thing. I the second viewing, I I saw that as this is a man who has been lying about who he is. Yes, that's, that's yeah. he's, he yeah. was saying that the other day, and that that's something that you know I didn't even think about. I was so busy just being an asshole. Like, you see, he says <laughs> he's, it wrong. He's trying. But, he's trying to be Winslow, yeah, yeah, but he's not Winslow. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. That's, he, that's that's a solid point. The mask is slipping the drunker he gets. So it's like, yeah, right, right. Who is this? Who even is this guy? You think you're high and mighty because you're a lighthouse keeper? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Thomas Wake, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad he showed up in all of our lists. So we all had Thomas Wake and we all had the Green Goblin. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's recap real quick. Connor, go through your five and then Jeremy, and then, and then I'll go. Okay. Number five, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Number four, Born on the 4th of July. Number three, Shadow of the Vampire. Number two, The Lighthouse. Number one, Spider-Man. Nice, nice. Jeremy? Uh, number five, Mississippi Burning. Number four, Platoon. Number three, Florida Project. Number two, Spider-Man. Number one, Lighthouse. I also would like to say that I have a theory that Bobby in Florida Project is Sergeant Elias. If Sergeant Elias did not die in Vietnam, ah, hmm. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah, Cannon. yeah, Cannon. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Oliver Stone, Cannon, <laughs> canonical Oliver Stone. Uh, Sean Baker's really just, just, just a, uh, just an alias. Uh, my my number five is Finding Nemo. Uh, then Spider Man, two thousand two, The Florida Project, two thousand seventeen. Light Sleeper, 1992, and The Lighthouse, 2019. Uh, so before we get into the 92nd Academy Awards, 2019 is uh, one of my favorite movie years ever. Uh, some amazing shit came out that year. And that was obviously the year before, you know, COVID kind of messed with, messed with the stuff that happens in the theaters and streaming and whatnot, you know, all that. That's a whole other conversation. But take it or leave it, you know, fucking 2019 kicked ass. You know, it's the year Parasite won. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, Marriage Story, The Lighthouse. One of my favorites is Waves from that year. I love that movie. Uh, it's Jojo Rabbit, Joker, The Irishman. Um, hey. What else? What else came out there? It was a great year. Oh, man. It was. Yeah, that was. Uh, 
think that was our first. We we watched that Oscars together. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was the you know Avengers Endgame was that year. I really liked yeah. Judy. Um, okay. Yeah, Parasite, like Marriage Story. This was an incredible year of of cinema. This is what the Oscars is supposed to fucking look like. I yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. If it, yeah, if it's supposed to look like something, you know, it should be good movies, right? So, uh... <laughs> so what do you what do you take out? To if you if you were to put oh we'll get to that we'll get I know what you're that. about I know what you're about to say we'll get to that in just a moment yeah because oh, that's the gun no that's gonna be a good conversation yeah okay. um so we'll talk about the one category first then yeah we'll get to some fucking bigger picture like what or what stuff should Lighthouse be up for if if if, if it should you know should have been in your eyes um, segment but what <laughs> yeah ninety second Academy Awards uh, best cinematography we have The Irishman Joker The Lighthouse once upon a time in Hollywood and the winner 1917, which is Mr. Roger Deakins. Can't really argue with that. I love the way that movie moves. I, way, I love the way it looks. I mean, Sam Mendes is a great, great combo. Um, but I do think if a movie was going to rival it, it's the lighthouse. It's completely different than anything you see for its era. You know, it's using a uh, 1.19 to one aspect ratio, which is almost like the four, three old school. Like it's a block. Um, uh, and that's that's really unique, especially in the theater when you're like, what the fuck? There's these huge black pillars on the sides. And it's just kind of forces you to at least think some way. You know, it might not be this amazing artistic you know, expression, but it it does force you to kind of go into a specific place when you watch a movie. And the fact that it's black and white, it's just it's so gorgeous. And, and Jeremy, you were talking about this last night when we were just chatting about trying to the film, the black and white and how gorgeous the photography is in this movie just Folds so well for Willem Dafoe. Like, yeah. He just looks so awesome when his eyes are up in the air and he's got the smoke coming out of his of his mouth and and he, hawk Triton hawk. <laughs> when when he just is kind of slightly has his head tilted up, the way yeah. the light goes like on his like beard and his cheeks, like and just makes him look like a like a hollowed out ghost. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he, so he looks badass. like he belongs in any century. Like you could this could be a glimpse into like an actual lighthouse in like the 1890s and yeah. you, you show me this guy and i'm like yeah of course that's yeah, yeah. it's an yeah, it's a very it's like, unique look it looks this movie at, at times looks like it could be a documentary that's how like how much they nailed it and that's my favorite thing about eggers is his commitment to time history and actually nailing those things and how people talk i thought the witch was genius with that stuff and yeah. that's why i think northman's gonna kick so much ass because he it looks like he's taking it to a whole another place, you know, with the Northmen. More intense, more action, more grit, and that that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cinematography, though, 1917. I mean, just the, the way it's, you know, it's filmed to look like one take. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Deacons. Like, it's hard to argue with, with that. That is a, a winner for sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lighthouse is definitely second place. It Like, very close second place on that um parasite went up for this yeah yeah i i've always thought parasite should have been up for this i I do think once upon a time just looks absolutely wonderful and does does that stuff that tarantino's always done kind of like tarantino and pta they they use you know 35 millimeter these like gorgeous cameras that make it look like the late 60s or 70s and that's always always special to watch um I I don't 
the Irishman is so forgettable despite being All right, like, yeah, I'm not a four hours fan. long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That but, was that was nominated for cinematography. Yeah. What yeah. a fucking joke. Yeah, they just do they over the years they've just they're just like Scorsese. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We need one more. We need one more. That's what it feels like a lot of the time. But I mean, yeah, when you have when you have like this powerhouse movie that could have gone there instead, and I'm sure there are other movies that came out that year that you know maybe could have gone there too. Uh, but uh, Judy, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, the movie looks great. But like, I think Wait Waves looks unlike waves. anything from that year. Waves like, definitely should should have been nominated for cinematography. Yeah, oh, fucking a man. Um, I think I I think I I don't know. I I you know I'm I'm a sucker for certain stuff in certain ways. You know. The films are done. I think Marriage Story looks super classic, and, and I'm, I'm I'm a sucker for that. But, but yeah, I, I really don't think you know Deacons. This is like his most um, fucking like athletic performance as a cinematographer, where it's just this, you know, a unrelenting. You mean 1917? Yeah, 1917. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The movie that wins. Yeah, like I have no problems with it. You know, like Deacons is the man. He just won for Blade Runner 2049 a couple years before gets this win and he's kind of cemented himself as maybe the best cinematographer ever. So uh, I, I don't have really have a problem with that. Seeing that movie in theaters was kind of enough for me, 1917. Like I'm not going to watch it a bunch over and over now, So I think but it I, was a great experience. I saw that in the theater. I think I would like it more. Um, I, I, yeah, I had no problem with it, but it's not something that like when it, it didn't, it didn't stick with me really. It just kind of, I saw it and that's it. And it was great when I saw it, but it looked pretty fantastic though. And yeah, and those you're talking about those one shot, like kind of uh, what do you call? I don't know sequences where like only the scenes where he's like running around, uh, it just kind of follows like right yeah. over his shoulder. I mean, those are those are intense, and I'm pretty in it when when I was watching those. But but kind of kind of forgettable. And that might just be because it's me, not really the movie. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> I forgot the power. That was my problem. <laughs> Yeah, more Spider-Man quotes. Yeah, great picture of Spider-Man. <laughs> Says three hundred for three minutes. You pinned him in two. <laughs> no, the math. The math is more fucked than that. It's like, it's like I think it's three thousand. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And, and he, he only gives, gives like two hundred. <laughs> Check it so again, like, webhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god! That, come on, that name sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the human spider. Uh, yeah. We, we uh, could obviously do yeah, a, we could, a few episodes on Spider-Man. Boy, with my Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So cinematography. You know, I think we agree that Deacons is great. There's not really like, a, oh fuck, that's a fucking dumb win. But Lighthouse looks amazing. Now, if Lighthouse were in other categories, let's go ahead. You know, Defoe, Pattinson, of course. What what else should it be up for? Director? Yeah, absolutely. Who do you take out? Who do I take out for director? I Scorsese. take out Scorsese for The Irishman. Yeah. yeah, no fucking question. Isn't that hilarious? Those yeah. other ones, yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, that just <sighs> movie just was lame, dude. I don't know. It wasn't yeah. like really bad, but it was just like a lame. Is it actually makes sense? I don't know. Well, it's a, it's a Scorsese movie with you know some of his greatest you know actors ever that that have been on his side. Really? So it's, it was it was most memorable parts. Ray Ray Romano, no, yeah. no question. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part of that movie. It's like Ray Romano's in mob movies now. Like fuck yeah, <laughs> you're gonna give Three me more a... Ray Romano as a mobster lawyer <laughs> or whatever the fuck he was. You're gonna give me a three and a half hour Martin Scorsese directed Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci coming out of retirement, starring yes. mob movie. 
it's it it's got to be better than that. Yeah, I, exactly. The expectations. That's were, a good way to put it. Expectations were not bad. Whereas Bong Joon Ho, Tarantino, you know these guys, they brought the thunder that year. So, um, yeah, I think I think I would I would do the same. Eggers for Scorsese, and uh, of but course, best Bong picture still wins though. Oh yeah. Right? yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, as much as I love the lighthouse, it is a very acquired taste, I would say. And Parasite is like, uh, if you don't like Parasite, I'm not quite sure. Um, what you're watching you know it's like if you have a pulse you're gonna like something about it it's gonna please more people definitely yeah yeah which i always like more for other people than just like a really weird movie about yeah two guys just oh well, yeah just two guys and there's like five masturbating scenes in the lighthouse like you know there's three, I count. There's, there's, no, yeah. i don't know there could be five five uh it, it's probably it's probably four it's probably in the middle yeah probably four but uh but parasite yeah it's kind of kind of a, a movie that everybody's gonna enjoy um so so best picture I assume you guys think it should have been up for best picture as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Again, uh, again, the Irish. The Irish Irish. <laughs> I did not finish Ford versus Ferrari and I didn't see um, little women. So I can't talk shit on them. Little uh, women's good, but it's, it's just, you know, it's the third version of that movie. So I, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Is, is Greta Gerwig really adding anything to this? Yeah, it's it's similar to you know a Star Is Born, a West Side Story. It's like okay, we get it, you know, we get it. Because yeah. Star Is Born was like not even that great though. I, I, I liked I liked that a lot because of the two leads. Um, but it is that's yeah, like that's the fourth fucking version of it. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of tired at this point. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, I, I enjoy that one. I think it's pretty so, good. You've been telling me to see that for a long time. I so. love Marriage I Story. Don't seen that. Jojo Rabbit's the best movie I've ever seen with the word with the phrase "fuck off Hitler" in it. Yeah. So that alone, is that, yeah. I mean, how many? Yeah, that's a one of one. How many? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that movie is that movie is really cool. I, I've been meaning to rewatch that because I've only seen it the one time uh, all the way through as a theater. Uh, once upon a time, I've seen that movie more than any of these others. Yeah, and I just fucking have a blast every time. I I, I love that movie. 1917, solid. Joker, Ford vs. Ferrari, you know. But I, I think Parasite's kind of head and shoulders. I, I mean, I don't have anything to put in its place, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't want to get into this. Never mind. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to talk about Joker at all, really. <laughs> or not. Not that. I, not that you. You know, we can't talk about it. I just. I don't want to. I don't know. Oh, uh, produced by Todd Phillips and Bradley Cooper. How about that? Yeah, you know, I saw that on your screen here. I did not know <laughs> Bradley Cooper had anything. There. Bradley Cooper's, you know, from The Hangover because Todd Phillips directed that, so they must oh, have. Uh, that's they must what have... their working relationship again. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Tom Green has any any money in, in Joker. <laughs> Tom Green for Joker 2. I just watched Road Trip for the first time last week, so and I saw Todd Phillips, and I'm like, oh, he had a bright future. <laughs> is it is it correct me if i'm wrong in in you see you're familiar with old school yeah yeah isn't todd phillips in the beginning he's one of like the people who's right yeah my brother's shaking his head yes he's at the beginning he has the glasses on and kind of like the curly hair and he's like he shows he says i'm here for the gangbang <laughs> <laughs> that's todd phillips yeah that's that fucker yeah i love old oh, school, the guy right? when luke wilson at the very beginning yeah 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 did you just say that? Yeah. Oh, my bad. So at the beginning, yeah. I just couldn't remember if that was for sure that scene. 
future Academy Award nominated filmmaker Todd Phillips. Yeah, is here for the gangbang at Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I God. love, yeah, I love, I love old school. I think it's great. You stick one of the jugular, man. You're crazy. You told me about this, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, old school. We need to do that, man, on Filmgasm. That'd be funny shit. I, I, I really like that movie. Um, yeah, I think. I think some other technical stuff. You know, I think it, the score is really good for the Lighthouse. Uh, I think um, scream, I screenplay. What's, what's, the fucking, other, what's the other scores that are nominated? Uh, let's find out. Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Star Wars. I mean, John Williams, Thomas Newman, Randy Newman, <laughs> Alexander Desplat, and Hildur, however you say his last name. Uh, or that's a, that's a woman uh, for Joker. Um, that's yeah, a pretty that, good group. That, uh, that Joker score was, uh, was pretty rad. It's like my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know about this. I mean, I love the score for Lighthouse, but this is a tough group to break into. Randy Newman, come on. Yeah, Thomas and Randy, come on. Again, I had uh, not seen uh, Little Women, so I don't know. Can't talk shit. Alexander's kind of a legend, yeah. I'd say knock out Star Wars. Well, yeah, because like John Williams, you've had enough, man. That, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I was kind of thinking that too, but like, I mean, the, the scores are like, I think the one thing that's consistently incredible in every star wars entry it's like to me you know star star wars i mean if stars had a shitty score like i don't know like, <laughs> i don't think it would be as big as it is i don't think it, i don't For think sure. i like it as much as, as i do uh oh. the score the score is just so so fucking rad uh but well, I, don't, I don't remember that score specifically like yeah. because i hated that movie that's but, what I'm getting uh, at yeah it's like i remember the score from the prequels the original trilogy i can rattle those off in my head the sequel trilogy, it just, it's like Star Wars light. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of Star Wars, but like, yeah. are you really giving me anything new here? They're, yeah, they're still, I mean, they, they didn't, I mean, they, like, like, the prequel trilogy, they gave us, uh, what's it called? Uh, like, Dual Fates, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Which is like, might be my favorite piece of Star Wars music. And yeah, I can't, yeah, I also could not name anything from either of the standalone ones. I mean, they're kind of just relying on the old themes. Yeah, uh, but I I can't even I I don't know if I'll ever rewatch any of those movies. Uh, I actually just rewatched the Hobbit movies not too long ago, so next is probably the, the sequel Star Wars movies. Uh, oh, dude! After after just me. after watching Fantastic Beasts three, I'm I'm kind of done with Hollywood prequels. I I just can't do it anymore. They're it's always the, the same. Bad? It was terrible. Like it was. Oh, it's getting fucking slammed. Yeah. Yeah. It killed the franchise, and you know it's political for some reason. It's like fantasy movies prequels always want to go political. I don't know why that always happens. Does the Hobbit do that? It it dealt a bit into like the politics of Lake Town and like the master and all that. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, it did go. Who political. gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is a great book, but I really just want to know. <laughs> Like the story of like who's the alderman in Lake Town? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> who's monopolizing the fish market? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> How are we regulating Lake Town markets? And all right, well, uh, you know, I didn't see any of those. I mean, I'm I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, anyways, but uh, no. um, I'm sure if I was, I would be as equally let down as as you are by another prequel trilogy. <laughs> or what another one another three another one let's make three more fuck it <laughs> well 
anyway, yeah, I think Lighthouse could probably take Star Wars' spot there. Um, in terms of performance, do you nominate them both or do you flip the coin? Well, let's look at all right. So if, so if they did it the same way you were talking about with Lakeith Black and, Messiah. Yeah, Lakeith and Daniel Kaluuya. This is tough, man. This is tough. Uh Brad Pitt won that year for you know playing Cliff Booth, awesome role. Tom yeah. Hanks as Fred Rogers, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins and the Two Popes, weird movie, but I like it. Uh, Al Pacino and the Irishman as Jimmy Hoffa and Joe Pesci, uh, also in the Irishman. Um, I'd take out Al Pacino for sure. I, yeah, I actually, uh, I know we've just been just, just, just like Joe Pesci's pretty good. We've just been shitting on the Irishman, but Joe Pesci is by a mile, other than Ray Romano. Yeah, <laughs> the best part about the Irishman. See, I I felt Pesci was pretty underwhelming in the Irishman. Really? I thought Pacino was was knocking it out of the park though. As often. Okay, all right. So you're you're on the opposite I side there. Watch it again. Probably not. I'm not watching it again. I don't have four I'm, more hours I'm not to watch, watch it again. Fuck that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're not. You know, we're not taking out Brad Pitt. That's not. That's not happening. Yeah, I don't see any room. All right. Well, let's uh, what's uh, let's say let's say. Oh, I, I mean, uh, uh, Pattinson and Best and Defoe and supporting. Hmm. Um, I'd take up Jonathan Price. I didn't see Two Popes. I never saw that. I mean, Adam Driver is like I don't. I don't even know what this is. Pain and Glory. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. That's Almodovar, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one either, so I can't. I can't say anything for Antonio Banderas. Well, yeah, that's Pe- Pedro and and Antonio ha- have been working together for like. 30 something years and this is like the culmination pain and glory is like the culmination of antonio playing kind of a version of pedro in the movie and it's just it's glorious to see as kind of a pedro kind of putting out putting his pain obviously pain and glory pain and you know of of being kind of addicted to, to you know substances and having issues uh in his personal life kind of got to put that into this movie so this is a long time coming i think and I, I think he's amazing in that movie joaquin leo driver i, I just I, I think i think i'd take out price i take i'm taking out joaquin and i'm giving the win to leo oh i'm giving the win to leo for sure yeah i love yeah. leo in that you're movie take, you're just taking joaquin out i'm taking him out all together I, 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 remains pants and can come, come yeah. party. Yeah. With that. yeah, Robert. I, I think I think if if Defoe is nominated, he should beat Pitt. Yeah, if he's nominated, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, for this, yeah, probably. I mean, Pitt's great. But he's also, basically just playing. He's playing Pitt. That was that was yeah. that was like that was one of my like one of my favorite Brad Pitt performances though. Me too. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Like, I mean, yeah, he's playing a very Brad. He's playing like the weirdest version of the normal Brad Pitt. Well, Brad Pitt I, guy. After watching it so many times, I just see him as Aldo Rain after World War II going to LA becoming a stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it's you know it's Brad Pitt 1969. Yeah, it's It's great though. It's like he's so entertaining in that movie. Oh, it's uh, awesome. I love that he won. But uh Yeah. And yeah. he and he, we knew he was going to win like months before he had this in the bag, the whole like awards season. Um, it was a good Oscars, but there were very few surprises. True, true. Yeah, I yeah I, I don't you know I'm mean, Parasite really was the only like whoa how about that you know I think we were all kind of like we were happy with it, but we kind of like were hoping that would happen. But we were also thinking like the Oscars are never going to give Best Picture to a foreign film. 
yeah. and then it and then it did and we were all like okay let alone yeah like a complete genre bender that is yeah a thriller horror movie uh, becomes a slasher for like five minutes <laughs> that's just that just kind of unheard of so really cool uh that one yeah this is a this is an interesting ceremony to look at but i i really do love this year you know um I, 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 if I got on my letterbox and look at, looked at 2019, uh, we would go on forever. So I, I don't think we should do that. Um, I, I like, I like this, like this year a lot. Now, this, is, this one, this is when Renee Zeller won for, for Judy. Judy. Yeah. And her yeah. speech was real weird. Yeah. Well, I, I remember reading this, this article about how there's like a lot of parallels between the, their, their careers and like, yeah, that they both like always got shit on for, or something. I don't know. I mean, Judy, had it way worse yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i don't think yeah, anyone was doping up renee yeah. zellweger when she was a child yeah yeah, yeah. De- de- definitely definitely grew up in a more hostile era for for women uh judy i mean uh, yeah that movie was kind of whatever but uh she was pretty rad in that movie but that was the first in a series of like biopics that i saw that now i'm kind of sick of them just someone doing like a like straight up you know yeah uh, what do you call it? Portrayal of like a like a iconic, iconic uh, entertainer or something. No, but I still thought she was pretty great in that. She was never going to come up because of uh, there's no women in this movie. So I thought I would bring it up real quick. Yeah, Just make a note of it. Make a note of it. Yeah, make a little note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Ninety uh, second Academy Awards talk, two thousand nineteen talk. Let's move on to our favorite part of the show, which is where we hone in on uh, the film. Of course, today is the Lighthouse, so we're going to give our awards out to it. We have the Quentin Tarantino Award for best quote of the movie, the Ennio Morricone Award for the best music moment, the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for the best performance of the movie, Defoe or Pattinson, and then we have the Roger Deakins Award for the best scene of the movie. Pretty cool that we've. Uh, Talked about Deacon's win for 1917. Talked about Tarantino, one of his best movies, I think, with Once Upon a Time. You know, we're spreading love here, talking about talking about our our guys. So, uh, Connor, let's uh, start with you, Tarantino. Okay, this I I could not yeah. restrain myself. I have three. I, to, I told <laughs> you, I told you, when a screenplay is good, Connor can't help himself. He's like, I've got four. I try to I try to curb it at three. I don't think I've ever gone past three. No, you have you you three three. You've only done I think you've only done it a few times. Yeah, only like when you said it's really good. You like I think for In Bruges you had three. Yeah, I think correct me if I'm wrong. I think for The Incredibles you had had two or three. That's just such a wonderful screenplay. Toy Story maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We got some good movies. (laughs) Well, here's uh here's my three. Real quick, just I love it because of the the delivery and the pain behind it. You're fond of me, lobster, ain't you? <laughs> well, Fine, my, have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> have it your way. Um, and then another one from Thomas Wake. Uh, how long have we been on this rock? Five weeks, yeah. two days. Where are we? Help me to recollect. <laughs> so seek so Anthony and just like good question. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, he's 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 plainly telling us that yeah, where it's you know we don't know. It's perfect. And then my third one's from Winslow. It's when he finally snaps. I'm tired of your damn fool yarns and your Captain Ahab horseshit. You sound like a goddamn parody. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was uh, that was almost that was almost mine. I fucking love that line. <laughs> yeah, tiny <Tanya> fat. <Fox. laughs> 
The goddamn foul. Yeah. Just that smell. He's like curdled foreskin. He's just losing his mind. Like, yeah. Onions fucked us something. I don't remember what it is. No, he's, he's shit farm. He smelled, he smelled like hot onions fucked a farmyard shit house. <laughs> I almost wrote that down. Yeah, oh, well, beautiful. imagine being Eggers and writing that down. Like, yeah, we'll put that in a movie. So, <laughs> yeah, might have yeah. been, been. It could have been the brother. Could have yeah. been Max. Could have been. Could have been uh, Robert. Yeah. All right, Jeremy Tarantino. Uh, that yeah, it was between that one and it's in. It's actually sort of in the. I, I think this. What's the second one you said? Is when he says like, "How long has it been?" Or whatever. Help me to recollect. Yeah, in that same exchange, because I love like the basically the way Wake ends that exchange when he just says. Uh, Look at ye, pretendant, but ye well know your lot. <laughs> like, just, like you, you're acting like you don't know, but you know you're fucked. Like you know deep down, and that's like the first time Wake like reveals that like, you know he knows. I, I don't let that fucking uh, what's his name, Winslow's never yeah. never leaving. Like, uh, yeah, it's a haunting line. Extremely <laughs> great choice. Yeah, you can't can't go can't go wrong here with the screenplay. I think, I think my favorite my favorite bit of of dialogue is you know because the beginning we it's it's real quiet right. There's no talking, and then they sit down, and Thomas Wake pours himself a drink, and they they begin you know conversating for the first time. It's like it's like seven or eight minutes into the movie. Yeah, and Thomas Wake says, uh, "Doldrums, doldrums, eviler than the devil." Boredom makes men to villains, and the water goes quick, lad. Vanished. The only medicine is drink. Keeps them sailors happy. Keeps them agreeable. Keeps them calm. <laughs> uh, I love that line. I love a lot of the stuff he says in the Don't beginning. Us. The stuff he says about drinking at the Don't beginning us. is so cool, you know? And Men would don't drink best time is recent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. And just a great... I'd luck to leave the show something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or his first line of the whole thing, right? It's just great. And then it, uh, and then Patson says it at the uh, end. What is it? Uh, I, I had it up here. Nah, fuck, I can't right no, here. No. Should pale death with trouble dread. Make the oceans cave cave our bed. God who hurts the surges roll. Deign to save our suppliant soul. <laughs> <laughs> four weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To four weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, great bit. He, he's just knocking out of the park. Well, that scene when he waits for him to drink the shitty water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look on his face. He's like so happy to just to watch Winslow like drink the shit water. <laughs> and then just like laughs his ass off about it. <laughs> or, or or when they're there, we were talking about this when they're drinking that like uh what is it? The fuel? It's like or, the lantern fuel, but do they? And they're drinking like, it under that table. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck they mixed with it, but uh, 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 surprise! Really none good. of us went with what? 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 <laughs> that'll that'll come up later for me. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I I kind of I I kind of was like it was between between the one that you well, the third one you said and then the one I said, but then also just the just the just the fucking heart trident, you know, like yeah that uh i i mean and man i was just like mesmerized by that scene and in the theater it, it just keeps going and this the rhythm's just perfect like you, you think he's done cursing winslow it just keeps going <laughs> the gb locked up <laughs> I, I don't remember any of it but but uh that 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 monologue is uh great stuff yeah it's great yeah, stuff it's great stuff 
<laughs> it's a great screenplay. You could go through if you go on IMDb and there you click on the quotes page, you can just scroll through and really all of them are up for I mean, why'd you spill your beans? It's, it's such a great fucking little line. Um yeah, this smoothie. I think that might be its strongest point, is just the words that are that are being spoken are are truly daunting. Um yeah. the Ennio Morricone award. Connor, well, I do real or, quick. I do, one more, one more. No, real quick. I just want to say you said something about the how he says he's like the goddamn he says, uh, I'm sick of your yarns, you know. Uh, it's like you're a parody. Yeah. It was like, even in this time period, is like Thomas Wake, like, not really like someone you'd normally come across, you know, like that he is just like, uh, like we come across parodies of like people, people in our daily lives that are like parodies. You're like, oh man, I can't believe this guy fucking exists. So, like, without the context of like, Thomas Wake living in normal his normal life like off the lighthouse which I guess is his normal life but like I think it's hilarious that he is just like a parody of someone like like the sea dog the, the sea salt from this time period uh, uh, where was I going with that <laughs> no it's yeah it's true he's even to even to Winslow, he's weird, and I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that that yeah. was the last thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even 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 in the context of this time period, to someone who's more like a just a normal normal man guy or whatever the fuck, uh, that he's just a weirdo. Like he's not. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's it. Good shit. Good shit. All from the Tarantino. Uh, sometimes that's the longest part of our show. Is me and Connor just going back and forth about quotes and what they mean and right i, I like that i like that insight that's good i've never really never really thought about that character like that uh that even to winslow he's a fucking animal <laughs> so good he just pushed winslow to his breaking point yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sick of, you. I'm just, sick of your shit just man. fucked him up yeah uh, that's that's great it the inyo morricone award uh colin will let you start with this one again uh okay. so good score but there's other other choices here yeah, I have um, I have a song. It's the the closing credits, uh, the Sea Shanty uh, Yala Girls by A.L. Lloyd. Damn it, I, that's what I chose. <laughs> it's awesome, and it's so it's very much like a what the fuck was that kind of song, where it's like you're kind of just glued to the screen because you're like, am I allowed to look away? Like, what yeah. what just happened? And I have that song, like you know, it's it's in my on my iPod, which I still have, and I just. I, I love it. It's a great kind of, you know, knee slapper of a song. I don't know what it is, but it's, yeah. it's are fucking contagious. Yeller girls. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a great cap off to this thing. I think that's what Thomas Wake would refer to it as. It's a <laughs> uh, knee, knee slapper of a shanty. Yeah. Yeah. I got a jaunty <laughs> tune for you. Faster. <laughs> oh, good. Well, that's my pick as well. So, Jeremy, what, what's your Morricone? Um, so I, uh, there was, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think about all the different shanties that they sing, uh, but uh, there wasn't like the score was, the score was perfect for what the film was, but there wasn't like a lot for me to latch on to. But one thing I did do this time, and this is maybe like I don't know, third, fourth, fifth time I've seen this movie, but it was the, I think it was the second like very focused, uh, second like really focused watch after the theater watch. Um, but I counted the foghorn blasts uh, and they always come in twos. Um, and that's like the main foghorn blast. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, 
Yeah. They always come in pairs, like even even after transitions. Um, but then they also like also interlace other horns uh, in at certain times. Um, for a long time, the, the like main foghorn blast goes away. The one that is like seemingly driving Winslow insane. Uh, you know, you see him wearing like the earplugs for a while. Um, there's a, there's a scene where he, you know, the, the horn goes off and he's like, ah, covering his ears. Uh, um, but they stop for a while. When things seem to be going a little bit better for Winslow, he's getting to the, close to the end of his month on the on the on the lighthouse rock, and they stop for like a good portion of the movie, and it stops like I, I feel like maybe I'd written it like maybe there'd been like sixteen or seventeen of the blasts or um, uh, sixteen or seventeen of the blasts. Like after it, he sees the mermaid. And then the horn comes back, you know. Mm, yeah. So he like so they get drunk. Then he goes out to he's try he goes to try to take a leak, you know. I don't know, long story short, it's like I I I don't know if this counts, but just the other horns interlace with the fog horn, um, and jet and and that uh that I think the fog horn just as a piece of the score, even though it is existing in that world. Oh, it's a sound. Um, it's a sound. So it's I, so I just I guess I'm just giving it to the fog horn. That's fucking awesome. That's uh, insightful as shit. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he had told me about that when we were talking about just how interesting the lighthouse is and how, how fucking intentional it is. I never, I never really noticed that, you know. There's things that I've kind of figured out, not not what it's about, but, you know, there's there's definitely, you know, these things happening that are very intentional that are kind of paying homage to Greek mythology, you know, and cert, there's certain paintings that are, basically redone on you know within the film uh so so i i really appreciate all that stuff but i never really caught on the foghorns they so mostly they things, mostly just made me fucking unsettled you know the foghorn was just like fuck like give me the hell out of here man there's even a shot when they're boarding up the windows at one point there's you see a horn and it's like it they do like a like a long low horn blast but it's not the normal foghorn tone that they use and it like that i thought that scene was really interesting and like what was the point of that like i think there's a bunch of things in this movie for me at least because i didn't pick up on any of that mythology shit like i didn't i mean other than you know him like referencing like neptune yeah or yeah uh the obvious stuff you know but um i didn't notice any of the other things and uh um but yeah the horn the horn thing um uh, man that that the horn foghorn was a you know foghorn's the third character fourth character after the lighthouse mermaid mermaid fifth character yeah <laughs> okay and then there's the, then there's the guy that thomas wade kills so seventh character i don't yeah. know <laughs> whatever oh, the foghorn's like you know is, is a presence on the island you know yeah driving driving winslow fucking insane but i love how it's it's just because it, i because i was consciously counting it that's the only reason i noticed that it went away for so long like you just stop hearing it even in their conversations when they're in the house like during the the what scene you know you still every now and then are hearing it you know uh i never noticed the first time or the other times i, I watched it the foghorn goes away for a while and then comes back when shit shit goes south for winslow yeah god yeah good shit good <laughs> shit that's uh yeah i think that's a bit more insightful than uh you know fucking yellow girls <laughs> there wasn't really much score to no. like latch on to. Really. Yeah, there's Mark, no like brilliant theme that you're yeah. humming on the way out of the It does theater. its job though. Yeah. Mark Mark Corbin, he's a he's a good composer. He worked he's worked on The Witch and and 
the lighthouse. He's clearly a, one of Edgar's guys. So it, it does its job, but I, I'm with you. It's not this standout, like, but as a whole score, it, it's good. It's brilliant. I mean, it's yeah. the moods that it creates, the use of this, the eerie, like. Yeah. But there's no, there's no one track from the score that's like, that's a fucking banger, you know. The yeah, just, <laughs> just that foghorn. Um, so, yeah, my Inyo is the same as, uh, same as Connor. I just, I, I think that wraps it up beautifully and just kind of leaves you even more unsettled yeah. as the credits roll. So, yeah, definitely um, that, that. That is something like, that is the perfect song. It reminded me of, um, reminded me of Bioshock a little bit. How, like, Bioshock was like this, you know, horrible, like, Rapture was just this horrible place. And then you get in the elevator and the loading screens would just be these, like, I mean, they weren't sea shanties. It was more like, you know, like the twenties, like I don't yeah, know, like you know, pop or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but, but the, juxta- the juxtaposition, yes. yeah, between this like like happy music and this like really fucked up thing I just watched. Uh, I love happy music paired with fucked up shit. Like, uh, take yeah. the Poltergeist score for example. It's yeah. this kind of sweet, you know, natured like kind of family music, but it's absolute terror from the other side. It's it works. I love that stuff. Yeah, it does. It's a, it's a it's a little overdone, I think now. But uh, when it's used when it's used correctly, it hits hard, and it's definitely used correctly. Yeah, on the end credits. Hell like yeah! Us. Hell yeah! All right, here we go, boys. Phillips and Hoffman Award. We all, <laughs> we all say it at once, sir. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Connor, uh, Con- we'll, we'll stay in order. Connor, who'd you go with? All right. Uh, this was very tough. Um, you know, this was the film that sold me on Robert Pattinson as a performer. This was, you know, I had my doubts about him and then I watched this and I'm like, oh, okay, this is who, this is who people are paying attention to. Uh, but <laughs> Willem Dafoe is, is the goat here. I got to give it to, to Dafoe. Yeah. yeah. Me too. <laughs> Before we started recording, I was going to go Pattinson, but. Uh, yeah, I got it's, it's got to go. It's got to go to Defoe. Yeah, I mean, how many guys can can go through a whole monologue while they're getting dirt poured into their face? You know, <laughs> the scene where he he curses him. Apparently, Defoe didn't blink for two minutes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've never been that focused on anything. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's a fucking freak. <laughs> That's this is one of my favorite factoids I've heard all day. What <laughs> am What am I? In the heart drive bottle. Yeah. yeah. Well, just not for two minutes. One of my favorite tidbits I learned about while reading, a, kind of reading stuff and listening to interviews with Pattinson, Eggers, and, and Defoe mainly. Pattinson talks about working with Defoe and he, he recognizes that Defoe is, like he's said multiple times, like that guy's just crushing me. Like he's like, he's, he's totally destroying me. He's like, I'm trying to hold my own. Um, and he does a great job. He's he does. A, he's he does amazing. Hold, he does hold. He holds yeah. his own. No, quite. He's he's never. Out. I don't. I don't think he's ever really like. Uh, um, what's outmatched out, out or shown? Yeah, outshined. Yeah. Outshined. Is yeah. It, is that a, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Shown. That's not fucking weird. Outshown. He's <laughs> never. He's not. Out, he's never shown up. Never <laughs> yeah. Been. Yeah. He's never showed up. He's never. Sh- I don't know. Whatever, y'all know what I mean. But but yeah. Pattinson, Pattinson himself is just kind of like like he, he he's just like look this guy's like got thirty years on me and is just a total fucking master at his craft. Yeah. And one thing they would do, they had these warm ups that they would do uh, before doing scenes and stuff. Him and Defoe, and he said they were mostly Defoe's ideas. <laughs> and 
he's like, there's, you know, certain things that Defoe would like to do, like as far as just, just screaming in each other's faces or getting kind of the aggression going. And he said, there's one, <laughs> there's one thing they, they did before a few scenes where they would just try to rip each other's pants off. So they're like wrestling <laughs> and you can just totally tell like Defoe's like, Trust me, it's gonna work. <laughs> It'll get what we need for this next scene. Probably think about yeah. me and you fighting and trying to make each other. Yeah, <laughs> and P- Pattinson said it usually ended up with them just kind of grappling, like neither one of them would succeed because they're both just giving it all their might. And then they would go into the scene, they both just be fucking like amped up to one hundred, ready to ready to scream. And that's so amazing. What goes into this stuff, you know, is like why I fall in love with it. Yeah. Uh, those those. That like that true work that goes into kind of what we praise and the end result is like oh is it matters equally. So um same as someone practicing, you know, playing a instrument or playing a sport over and over and then performing in front of people is like, oh yeah, that, that stuff has has to be there. And imagining Defoe and Pattinson kind of just fucking around to get things kind of going, you know, it's like I I'll watch that. I want a doc- I want a documentary about that. <laughs> it's like a pretty dark movie, but that the the thing they did to warm up was like very whimsical and fun. Yes, they were yeah. like I locked myself in a dark room for seven hours. Yeah, like just thought about fucking dying and going <laughs> mad. It's like <laughs> Will and Foz is like want to have each other's pants. Huh? Yeah. Let's see who can get whose britches off first. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved if just to throw him off, Pattinson started throwing goblin quotes at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wake you take right, well, you take well, your we'll eye off the ball. Twilight. You know? Yeah, yeah. Cedric Diggory. He just starts going on Edward Cullen. Kill the spare. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's just great. Yeah, Defoe is. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It's one of the best performances I think we've ever talked about on this fucking show. Like it's textbook acting. You know, this is a guy who's been on stage. He's been in front. He's been on TV, movies. He's done everything that you can do. And he, he's always, always, always crushing it. And this is my favorite role he's ever done, obviously, from listening to our top fives. And uh, I, I, I kind of always knew it was him. I just wanted to keep Pattinson kind of in the, in the back pocket just in case. But now, I mean, yeah. I, the, the scene I keep thinking of is like when he's like clapping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because uh, I think Pattinson, like, they're both given so much material to work with, like, for this movie. Pattinson is maybe given just a little bit more, though. Like, He's on the screen more often. Uh, he's get, he's get, the one who's been have, fucked with. Yeah, yeah, we have more scenes of him like wondering like what the fuck is happening right now, and uh, he's, he's like just trying to scare me. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we're watching Pattinson become Defoe. Like that's what this is. Yeah, I did, I remember th- I remember thinking that too. Like a little shortly after I saw it, like or th- like this is. You know, just it's the endless cycle or whatever that kind of that kind of ending. The Dutchman but, uh, must always have a captain. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should zoom in on the uh, two people that are leaving the island when they get there. Maybe we'd find ourselves looking at uh, Thomas Wake and uh, Winslow leaving the island. Oh man, probably maybe. not. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't put anything past Robert Eggers when it comes to. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love. I love when Thomas Wake uh, when Defoe screams, "Oh, monkey pump!" Yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering. I never knew what he said when I when I had seen it before, but I had the subtitles on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it pump. helps. He says monkey pump. Yeah, monkey pump. 
Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. I, I, I think, I think we've done a great job of kind of praising Defoe throughout this episode, and that's 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 neat because we haven't really ever done that um, on on Oscar Sunday. We haven't been able to really give him the the spotlight he deserves. Never won an Oscar, right? No, he's been up for four, but he hasn't won yet. Yet, yep. just oh, four. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll figure it out. I think he will one day. Um, Deacons, the Roger Deacons Award, best scene of the movie. Connor, which uh, which scene is the best? It's easily for me the sea curse. Just you know, Defoe like jumping up, straightening himself up, and just screaming. You know, hawk as a lightning crashes. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> what's about to happen? And then he just does this insanely long monologue without blinking. And then Pattinson's just like, all right, I take it back. I like your cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Have it your way. Yeah. Well, the, the shot immediately after, and it's just behind and, and like, you know, the ever the, the little bit the little bit of score that was in there cuts out. It's just him like trembling, just Willem Dafoe trembling from behind, you know. And Pattinson's just laying on the floor. Jesus. Like that's the clip they would show at the Oscars had he been nominated. Because that was performance like incarnate right there. I was like glued to the screen like what the f- i don't know what he's saying but i i can't look yeah. away yeah. <laughs> like, that, this is an that, actor's that was, actor right here yeah there, there's definitely definitely is like i feel like i'm processing every word he says but like it's just it just keeps coming yeah. like he's just more like there's the, the pauses are perfect like where you just feel like he's done but like does he even know what he's saying anymore? <laughs> it's like a stream of consciousness thing. Like, you know, yeah, I just keep exactly. thinking, like, don't ever tell this guy you don't like his lobster. <laughs> Jesus. You're fond of me, lobster. <laughs> Beautiful. So good. Uh, and again, it's just because he, like, was had his feelings hurt. It's <laughs> like his, his co-worker didn't like his cook. <laughs> I, love, I love how later on Winslow goes on his own mon- you know you know where he's trashing him right and it's kind of like their own it's like he has a version of being like fuck you and then he's like no fuck you but winslow's version is like drunken son of a bitch bastard liar <laughs> that's right you're a shit liar well and then defoe's re- like reaction like you have a yeah. way with words winslow and he he calls him tommy there which is such a good touch where he's like tommy winslow is <laughs> like he's pissed that that wake isn't pissed and he just has this like oh moment yeah. of super frustration oh man god damn you fats uh jeremy what's your what's your deacons your favorite um, scene of the movie best scene of the movie i don't i mean i, I don't know i had two and i think and i was just gonna decide when i got here which one would it be uh I don't think I would have said this the first time, but I think this time I'm just going to say the first shot of them standing, mm-hmm. standing next to each other, looking mm-hmm. like they walked right out of the fucking 1800s. Like, yeah, um, Pattinson's kind of looking off to the side, like, you know, Defoe with that pipe mm-hmm. upturned <laughs> under his mouth. They just look like archaic as fuck and like everything looks perfect, like. Just their relationship is just all there. Pattinson's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, what have I got myself into? Like, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, like the thing I mean, you're saying, it's like documentary, uh, as it does, it just looks like a picture of two real guys from that time period. I mean, what, what do I know about that time period? I was there. already, You know, but yeah, I think 
that just that just sets me up like I've never I've never been like drawn in that much by that that kind of scene. Just here's what here's here's what we're watching. It's just these two guys for the next you know how long is this movie? Two and a half it's, hours? No, it's only an hour and forty nine minutes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, here's what we're watching for the next hour forty nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I- I do love that in that just that one shot, you get everything you need to know about these guys. You've got yep. like Pattinson's very much like, did I make a mistake? And Defoe's like, my watch begins anew once more. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is just what he does. Yeah. It's, that's a great sh- shout. Ah, this is my 19th stretch at this lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's a great pick. I love that. That's like a, that's a proper Deacons award, you know, where you look at like a shot. And a, like a frame from a movie yeah. that, that just because the other one depicts was a, everything, like a whole sequence. Like, yeah, but this is just just this one still frame of of them standing there. And yeah, just the costumes, man. Like oh everything just God. looks so great. Oh yeah, uh, that's yeah, another one that should have yeah. been up for costume design. We didn't talk about that production design in the lighthouse. I mean, Jesus, like the way they yeah. set that place up is so cool. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I have a hard time. I always, you know, because because you know, we pick Deacons because he he's a guy that obviously influences us a lot, inspires us a lot as movie fans, and is 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 a huge reason why we love the Coens so much. Some of our favorite filmmakers, me and Connor, and sometimes I'm like, oh man, the Deacons probably should represent a frame or a shot or a short glimpse of the movie, but I never I never fucking do that. I always pick a sequence. I always pick something that sometimes lasts for 10 minutes you know uh and for for this i did the same shit it, my, my 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 deacons is the the steak scene the what 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 scene where they're both losing their minds and um i love watching these two guys get hammered together i mean yep. there's nothing about it look my question that i thought of a while as it worked today i was like i wonder if connor and jeremy had to make remake this movie but without pants and defoe who would you put in their place because oh, I can't God. imagine two guys like making this work as well uh, as it does. I mean, and it, and it has to work, <laughs> or as best as it can. Uh, I mean, like, or like who, just make it like where it'd be a really shitty movie that would be famous for being bad. Maybe, yeah. but like, no, I think you want it to still be like up to a certain standard, like David like, Hasselhoff and Rob Lowe. Oh in, God, in the early nineties. I've got it. Hasselhoff is way. Hasselhoff now or Hasselhoff nineteen eighty eight? Yeah. There a difference? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Point. No, I want current Hasselhoff and early '90s low. God, that'd be a disaster. Oh man, I watched the fuck out of that movie. I... Directed by Joel Schumacher. Oh my god! Ouch! <laughs> I just had a sharp pain in my foot. That was weird. <laughs> um, you're like, you're like, I'm done. A podcast. Over. No, in all seriousness, I probably would need to think about this uh, for a while. Uh, I think I've got it. Um, I would work on existing chemistry, and I would have Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Oh, Christ. Yeah, well, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gleason as Wake would be really cool to see. And I think Farrell, while, you know, considerably older than Pattinson, I think could still have that kind of youthly, you know, vigor thing that Pattinson's got going for him. Hmm. I like, I like Christian Bale in the role of Willem Dafoe. Hmm. Uh, and Christian I like, Bale. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because Bale we don't get to see him a lot. Like the way he looks in real life is like, he has this, this beard and longer hair and he doesn't get to use his accent enough, you know, like, and I think it'd be cool if he could kind of play with what, it. What about, uh, what if the challenge is you have to pick two people who have acted in something 
So like, like together, saying, yeah. Oh, about, I about, like that. About J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! So Holy shit! <laughs> or or here, yeah. Or here's a, here's a weird one from 2019 as well. Waves: Sterling K. Brown and Kelvin Harrison. Oh, mm, I like that. <laughs> I mean, I I think. Chris Farley, David Spade. Uh, my, my brother Adam is uh, is not far from us, and he he threw out uh, probably the best uh, best idea so far. Farley is Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> Farley's like, I don't know whether or not it has been two weeks. Spade, and Spade's, Spade's like, like, you big wrong, dumb Winslow? Man. <laughs> yeah. What's, What's wrong, Winslow? You can't remember how long you've been here. was getting too close to the car. <laughs> Oh, he's just a little guy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we don't take shit from nobody. We don't take no prisoners. Yeah, no, it's gonna yeah, be, it's know, gotta be your boy. You know, it's actually bad luck to kill a seagull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ha, boom, baby. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of fun, you know. Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller. You can take the Happy Gilmore. I think John right? Goodman could play, definitely play Wake. Oh, like serious, like, like straight up seriousness. John Goodman could play Wake. Younger uh, Turturro as Winslow. Oh, right. So Barton, Fink, Barton, Barton Fink, Fink. Yeah, yeah. Not old Goodman. So like not John Goodman of that movie. Yeah, period. Good Goodman now. Turturro, nineteen ninety one. I did not watch my buddies die face down in the muck, so you could not enjoy my lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink my coffee. Nah. I'm standing right here. Uh, what, yeah. about, what about John? <laughs> what about John Goodman and Bridges? And then, like, also Donnie's there. Yeah, Donnie, <laughs> Donnie's the mermaid. Donnie's also there. <laughs> the Wake is constantly just like, you're on her. You're it's, right. it's just Big Lebowski now. Yeah. <laughs> Big Lebowski, black and white, 1890s. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, no, Bale, and I had someone else in my head earlier. Steve Buscemi can play Wake, too, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, Steve can do anything, yeah. Um, I, ha- I had I had kind of, I had a British actor, a younger one, in my in my mind. No, 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 I didn't, no, I didn't. I had Timothy Chalamet as the young one, and Christian Bale as the older one. As uh, I mean, he could, he could do it, but... Uh, it'd be more yeah, of a, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be different. He'd go at it differently. Yeah. yeah definitely. Well, all, all these people would. I'm not expecting Steve Buscemi to do the voice, you know. Yeah. I'm just picturing Steve Buscemi's voice. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you spill your beans? <laughs> uh, you know, it's right 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 right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking about that all day. Just like I, I, I think this is some of the most perfect casting like of of, of recent history. These two yeah. going toe to toe, screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh it would it would be a pleasure to see them again on screen together. You know, I got a good one. S- Stellan and Bill Skarsgård. Oh, that would be sick. Uh, is is Bill is Bill Wake? Bill's no, wins. No, no. Oh, but I know Bill's. Stellan's Bill's the young one. Stellan's the old one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bootstrap. Bill. I, I haven't seen. I mean, I haven't seen enough of Stellan to to picture him in that role. Oh, he could do it. He could do. And it. I've seen him in a lot of movies, but the, I feel like they're always like really small roles. I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal could do a good job at uh, Winslow. Wait, uh, yeah. Uh, mm. then, uh, I can see him more as Wake, honestly, and I see like maybe Tom Holland as Winslow. 
<laughs> okay, Tom Holland and Christian Bale would be a good. Oh, there we go. Just let's just try something, you know. See what Tom Holland's really got. I'd like to. Yeah, me too. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great exercise. I think uh, Lighthouse I re- the recasting. Easiest, it's the easiest movie to recast. Wait, it's just two people. You can yeah. do it a hundred times. Yeah, we've recasted stuff, Connor and I. We you have to pick like fucking sixteen, you know, people. Yeah. This is this, yeah, is, this just, is just. just but it's so hard to replace either of them. Anya Taylor Joy as mermaid. What if it was two women? Mm. Francis McDormand. Francis uh, McDormand. Yeah. I mean, of course she could do it as Wake. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Oh my god. <laughs> That's coming from the same guy who said Chris Burley and uh, David Spade. So we we know where his mind's at. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, uh, hmm. Yeah, I think I think Dorman would be a, would be awesome as a as a wake Have type. You seen uh, like Jesse Buckley and oh. something? She could mm. probably play with Winslow. Yeah, Buckley Mer- Meryl Streep. Oh, <laughs> Buckley and Streep. Fuck yeah! I think I mean, yeah. thinking about like the Lost Daughter. I think Olivia Colman. Yeah. Out of, my oh, brother just right, said that right, in the right. background. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. It's good. Good stuff. Uh, well, shit. Here we are. <laughs> Where are we? We're at the end. Uh, at the end of at the end of the show. This has been a lot of fun. It's a great, great movie. It's on. Um, it's on Showtime right now. Um, through, you can you know of course if you have Showtime, it's also on Showtime through Amazon Prime or whatever. So. Uh, Definitely check it out if you can. Rewatch it if you if you if it's been a while. I, I think this movie just gets better. I've seen it same as Jeremy. I've seen it four, four or five times, and each time I, I I fall in love with it more. So, uh, great film. Um, let's see what do we have uh, tomorrow on sneak preview? Oh, The Northman and Unbearable Weight. Yep. Oh, uh, twofer. Yeah, we're very excited. That's a great twofer. Yeah, I mean you got. You got a little cage and a little Eggers action going on, so you can't can't complain with that. And then on Wednesday's filmgasm, what do we got? Red Dragon. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, for a very specific yeah. reason, which we will be getting into shortly. Yes. Okay. So let's go ahead and go with uh, Beyond the Bad. That is Hannibal Rising for the same reason. <laughs> same reason, because next week on this show, Oscar Sunday, we are finally at our episode one hundred. Uh, we've had this episode planned almost the entire time. We knew it was going to be Silence of the Lambs, the big five winner from 1991, uh, a horror movie that won Best Picture. So Caleb will be joining Connor and I for that. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about the Best Picture group from 1991, talking about Lambs. Uh, we'll probably do some fun project at the beginning because, yeah, it's episode 100. Really cool. Can't believe – I can't believe we've made it because, I've just, you know, we've done so many – fucking movies but i all it's 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 wild how how quick it went um i've had an absolute blast doing the show i've learned a lot been able to kind of kind of figure out why i love things uh through this show you get to go on for two hours about a movie you know about a movie like the lighthouse and you really figure out like why you have a passion for it and um i would say honestly like 80 out of our 100 episodes i've really enjoyed the movie and that's 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 really special the academy's nominated some awesome stuff so we're going to continue on with that sounds of lambs is i think one of the best best picture winners of all time so it feels right to do this uh, a horror movie on you know filmgasm production so come back next week and and join us um 
<clears throat> follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Filmgasm and uh, stick with us because tomorrow is going to be just as good.